Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Welcome in to the post-week four edition of the PFF Forecast. We are going to talk about Sunday Night Football. Teddy and the Jets. Oh, no, he plays for the Saints now. Someone is a little too excited. We're going to get into the week five slate. We're going to guess all the lines. We've guessed all the lines. We're going to see what they are, and we're going to talk about each game um, and some of the um, bigger decisions that happen in week four. So let's get started. You, sir. A Teddy Bridgewater supporter, and you are now vindicated because... No, I'm not. I'm not. No, no. Wins and losses, all that matters. No, no, here's the Here's the deal. Bridgewater played a good game for a backup quarterback today. Oh. I have always asserted that he could be a starter in the league, and so right now I'm a little discouraged by his efforts. Um, He completed two passes over 10 yards downfield. He took five sacks. He was very good when clean in terms of grade and and, uh, pass rating and all that kind of stuff, but certainly not good enough for them, I think, to win long-term. Luckily for the Saints, at least for 2019, they don't have to need – they don't need him to win long-term. They need him to win four more games. Well, what's incredible is they've already won two games – Against three and one teams. Against good teams as underdogs, and that has propelled them into a situation where the bye and home field is no longer – a complete long shot, and that's huge. Now, we should talk about the components of this game that I think probably mattered a little more than Teddy Bridgewater because yeah. that I mean that sack was pretty awful. He did some non-Teddy things, right? If you're a supporter of him, you say, well, he doesn't do that stupid stuff that gets you beat. Right. And granted, he's not like Kirk. Like, Kirk would have fumbled that sack. And we'll get there. But but uh, but Teddy, you can't take that sack in that situation. I mean, and Kamara was mostly bottled up. He did do some nice things. Two-thirds I mean, of his yards or so were after contact, so he played well, but certainly bottled up. I mean, he broke some tackles, right? But it was like just to get back to mm-hmm. you know normalcy. It wasn't as though he had a lot of room to operate. Michael Thomas was was decent, um, but to me, the story of this game were was really the defense, right? And the mm-hmm. Dallas offense had been so good against mediocre teams, and the question was, can they sustain this against a team whose defense has not been great? But we know they're not the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. We know they're not the Giants, right? Um, we know they're not the Redskins. And the answer was resoundingly no. Yeah, but at the same time, we're and we're firmly on the team uh, side of offense is what dictates everything, right? Like right. We're firmly on that. But at the same time, like we have said for almost the entire offseason, this is a talented defense, especially where it matters. And they played great. Eli Apple gave up 19 yards in his coverage today. He had a holding penalty, you know, that negated a play or two. Lattimore, you know, he was matched up all day on Cooper, only 39 yards into his coverage, two pass breakups. Uh, the 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 interesting thing is that they've been playing with, you know, uh, got the slot player like Patrick Robinson's not even playing. It's P.J. Williams, and he gave up, I think, that last play to Cobb, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that almost set up the Hail Mary. But, like, they've been really good inside as well. Uh, A.J. Klein, you know, kind of a backup his whole career, did fine with Ezekiel Elliott in space tonight. So there – and then, of course, that all that helps them get home. And we saw that, the, you know, the back-breaking sack that, that uh, Dallas had at the very end there that hurt Tyron Smith and all of that stuff really made it tough. Uh, on the defense, on the offense, for uh, uh, excuse me, for uh, the Dallas Cowboys, Marshawn Lattimore, who had been really not great so far this season, tremendous on on Cooper, and that that was huge, obviously, because Michael Gallup not being there, they don't have mm-hmm. you know quite the the uh, second option. But I was disappointed in in Kellen Moore here. 
I, I thought there was going to be a little more of, hey, you haven't seen it all yet. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I, I don't know, he got away from the things that had been so uh, helpful for them. They ran play action just 20% of the time, about half as frequently as they had going into this game. Yep. And you wonder if maybe that was just them playing against bad teams and they were ahead and they don't really believe in it as much as maybe they should. Um, Emptying out the tank against crap teams too is a sign that you're not like you're trying too hard. Right. So so that, that was disappointing. I would have expected them to run play action 50% of the time in this Mm -hmm. game, right? Because that had been such a boon for them. And it also probably would have slowed down that pass rush a little bit. Dak was under pressure more than he had been in any other game prior to this. Um, and that was really we know that Dak in his rookie season and through the first three games when the when the the setting is pristine he can deliver yep and he then brings a lot of pressure on himself when it's not you know when it's not perfect right when the guy isn't perfectly open he's going to hold on to the ball for longer in the first half he did mm-hmm. on that first drive of the second half everything was getting out guys were open but he needs that to be that setting to be good and play action can help that and they didn't leverage it yeah he had uh 13 of his 35 dropbacks were pressured which is high which is a high rate for him he only 5.3 yards per attempt i also thought like an interesting part of this which was the the noisy thing you know 13 dropbacks uh for dak under pressure he got to run once and he was sacked once but he got off 11 passes in those situations in the in the 10 snaps for bridgewater's pressure he took five sacks Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know and that some of that's noise some of that's bridgewater's lack of you know, pocket presence in the pocket, but that was that was an interesting thing to observe. Um, I thought Dallas ran the ball too much tonight. I thought they they you know tried to establish Zeke. We saw zero carry. I thought Pollard was in there for maybe a handful of plays. Yeah, he got weird. zero carries. He bit the um, better back. Zeke. Uh, granted, Zeke had negative yards before contact, but again, that shows you how ineffective a running back is when the table isn't set for him, no matter how good he theoretically is. His long run tonight was six yards. He only broke two tackles. A bad fumble. Uh, He had a bad fumble. Uh, You know, so... For me, I look at that and I'm thinking, God, this, there's, there, these are things that fell Dallas last year. Tony um, Pollard didn't have a carry, and their offense has been more yeah, efficient yeah, yeah. with when him the, as a, on the floor, a passing yeah. in rushing uh, offense with Tony So then Pollard the on, question on the then becomes looking forward for Dallas, big win for Philadelphia. We haven't talked since then, but big win for Philadelphia on the road in Green Bay. Better quarterback getting points that night, right? Um, they're 2 and 2. Dallas is now three and one. They've already wasted two games on the Giants and the and Washington, right? Uh, already wasted their game against the Dolphins. Uh, the rest of the AFC East looks better than the Dolphins, right? So you're looking at how the schedule matriculates. We talked about this on the AWS biggest movers thing. They had a top five most difficult schedule moving forward. It doesn't get any easier after you've lost to a team with their backup quarterback Th- who doesn't score a touchdown. Who home. doesn't score? T- you scored the only touchdown in the game. I think. I think Philadelphia is back, you know, I think Philadelphia is back to being sort of like, if not the mathematical favorite, the, you know, sort of like, I think favorite to win this division now uh, moving forward. I couldn't agree with you more. They have the better quarterback and really what seemed to be the equalizer was, well, maybe Kellen Moore is a genius and he's going to run play action half the time and that's going to, you know, create all these clean pockets and and they're not going to lean on the running game and then they do when it all of a sudden really matters. So... 
pump the brakes on the Dallas Cowboys, I think is a fair assessment not to overreact to one game, but really to take everything now in context yeah. and not to overreact. Well, now we're back to more where we had them at the beginning of the season, yeah. which is probably the sounder thing to do, right? Because right. it's if you it's, were to look at if you were to look at their schedule going into the season, there is a small chance they lose their first three game, one of their first three games, and a pretty decent chance they lose their fourth game, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, so. except Drew Brees wasn't the quarterback. Yep. All right. Um, do you want to do? Let's actually do this. The what is the um, what is kind of the biggest thing that uh, that happened today in Week Four? The most important thing that happened in Week Four. Well, and we talked about this last week. I think looking at the young quarterbacks for who they are, I think that emerged again as a property that is going to carry right uh daniel jones i can't remember if it was he completed like one or two passes yeah it was one pass over 10 yards down the field right they play a terrible washington team uh it was only because Dwayne haskins threw three interceptions on passes more than 10 yards down the field that that was really a blowout the under hit which is sort of nice um but like so jones wasn't terribly impressive josh allen i believe threw more interceptions on passes 10 or more yards downfield than he had completions he was awful until he got replaced so again had a couple of encouraging weeks in a row we have to pump the brakes on him even somebody like you know i thought kyle allen outplayed deshaun watson but again we sort of see like watson's career up to this point up and down taking too much pressure putting the ball in harm's way too much his first three games this season pretty dang good and then this one he just you know stinks it up and they're stuck at two and two um baker mayfield was very good today, right? And and especially from a clean pocket, he was terrific. Lamar Jackson wasn't quite so right. So all these things that were starting to be uh, accumulate themselves. Mitch Trubisky gets hurt, right? Chase Daniel comes in and shows him how easy it is to run that offense. Uh, you know, so all the good. all of the things that we talked about with good. like the quarterback narratives are not quite right. We saw a lot of the manifestations of that today. Okay. Well, my biggest thing is maybe the one quarterback you didn't mention because you mentioned a lot. But this one worries me more than all of those, and that's Jared Goff. I mean. They ran play action 11% of the time, which is not good. Not great. They ran it 36% of the time last year. It was was the high uh, in the NFL last season, and Jared Goff was tremendous off of it. He was pressured on 32 of 70 dropbacks, and it was absolutely horrific when he was, which is something that is not stable overall. But he has been awful through and through in basically every game. The pressure rates being higher, I think, is more stable than his performance under it. And we've seen the pressure rates, not quite as high as today, but all season those pressure rates have been substantial compared to seasons past. And even from a clean pocket, you know, he does not look quite as, no. you know, even when we said this last week, I mean, he just doesn't, the, the, the margins are thinner for him. He completed one pass, 20 plus yards downfield last year. It was just big chunk play after big chunk play after big chunk play. And those have really gone away. He missed a, an open throw downfield uh, that he definitely should have hit. So I, I am officially very worried uh, about Jared Goff and, um, Robert Woods, 13 catches on 14 targets. Cooper Cup, nine catches on 14 targets. If they were to lose either one of those players to injury, that offense would be an absolute loss. Yeah, they'd be bad. So Um, here's here's a thing on golf that I think is interesting from today. If you watch that game today without any preconceived notions of who the two QBs were, I think you come away thinking Jameis is the better quarterback. I Jameis and and you know they should not have lost last game for sure. 
But Jameis Winston was absolutely terrific today. He was. He was 10 of 11 between 10 and 15, 10 and 19 yards down the middle of the field. He seems to absolutely fit into that Arians offense. It's, an, it's a complete shame that they lost to the Niners and then they lost this random game to the Giants because the other two games, they have won road games against teams that are fairly good. Carolina looks pretty good, especially without Cam, uh, and the Rams supposedly are pretty good as well. I, I want nothing more than for him to be good. I say, well, I just, I but, want nothing more for that style of play to work in today's NFL. Yeah. Right. I mean, like that's to me, all this stuff with him personally, it's whatever, but like watching that type of football is so Chris Godwin is awesome. Mike Evans is awesome. Like, it's just cool to watch those guys get huge air yard type days and, and just make, you know, make defenses pay for that stuff. Um, you know, uh, Goff had over 300 yards and nine yards per attempt from a clean pocket. Uh, today, uh, Jameis had far fewer pressured pockets, but he had almost a perfect pass rate when pressured and a over eight and a half, eight yards per attempt when clean. That was just a fun game to watch. Kind of, it was perplexing because we didn't think Tampa Bay had much of a chance to win the game outright, and they kind of ran, you know, won it running away. I mean, this is just what we see from Jameis. He does it when you least expect it, yeah. <laughs> and then when you expect it, he's going to be absolute trash, and he's going to be fumbling and bumbling and throwing yeah. Hail Marys through his legs, and they're going to get intercepted, and it's going to be a disaster. They play uh, They play the Saints next week. It'll be Bridgewater versus Jameis. It'll be that you can't have any two more different quarterbacks uh, in one game, as, I think. As people, probably, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, should we get into week five, then? Yeah, let's do it. God, we're already week five. That's crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's cool that we're starting to figure out. So in many ways, we're figuring out more about these teams. And then there are some teams that are a complete mystery to us still. This is true. All right. Thursday night. Okay. You so this, this is actually a good game. The Rams go to Seattle to face the uh, Seahawks. Um, in years past, this would to. have been a game where Seattle wore lime green jerseys. <laughs> um, but uh, no longer. I guessed before today's games, that Los Angeles would be a four-and-a-half-point road favorites. I said they would be a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. And it is currently about a pick em. Even Seattle, wow. I saw, at a minus one uh, somewhere. Um, that That's a drastic overreaction to what happened. That is a huge overreaction. Today. And the only reason that I would have thought that it might have been a little shorter is the way that so the Rams just played so many plays. Yes, that's a good point. You know, they the offense played what seventy plays, mm-hmm. defense I think more. Mm-hmm. So that that is what worries. And then me. they got to play all the way on Thursday on the road in a, in a tough place, right? Yeah, and I don't think Seattle's that great. They beat the Cardinals, which means no. absolutely nothing. Um, but uh, the number of plays does worry me here. However. Rams are a better team than the Seahawks. Yeah, well, and the other thing about the Seahawks is that here's a question I've been asked. I think is Seattle's defense even better than Tampa Bay's? No, no, they're they're, I, I don't think that they're very good. Um, that being said, do you think this game plays under? So it's 49 right now. Do you think this game plays under for a couple of reasons? Seattle is a run on first down, run on second down, drop back and throw on third down type team. Rams really took it defensively today. I mean, really struggled. Um, I think that they probably clamped down on that a little bit. Wade Phillips is pretty smart. There's some familiarity here, right? Mm-hmm. Interdivision games tend to play a little bit lower scoring than than normal. And then, you know, the Rams offensively, I think that they're deathly afraid of Jared Goff throwing another three interceptions. 
and, and they maybe play more of a run style. You know, I think it just plays under, despite the fact that these two offenses have potential to be decent. So you're being the pessimist. I'm here for the offense. I, I again, do not think that – I know. I think Sean McVay knows that Jared Goff's got to – I said this last week. He's got to shoot his way out of it. That's the only way. He's not – let me tell you this. He ain't getting out of it by you saying, hey, man, you were so bad, we're going to have to run the ball. That's not, that ain't going to work. And Russell Wilson in that Arizona game – it was a very quiet game, really, for them. They kind of won that game because Arizona was bad. It was a game you wanted for Greenline, and I sort of talked you out of it. Uh, so good, good on you. Thank you. That was really only because I was fading myself, which uh, happens. Um, but I, I, I think maybe both teams come into it wanting to do that. But I don't think either. You know, I think the Rams, having played all those plays and being on the road, is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a national TV primetime game. I, I just here for points. The interesting Wilson. thing about the Seahawks and how they've played their games so far. I think I saw this graphic on TV, but we can also, you know, talk about this in terms of our snap counts. They played three linebackers or more on the field 53% of the time wow. against Arizona and they're like 10 personnel. Yeah. Michael Kendricks played 53 snaps, KJ Wright played 55, Bobby Wagner played 63. I I get that they don't have any talent at slot corner. Jamar Taylor played 18 snaps. But if you try to play the Rams in base defense on, on you're, Thursday you're night, gonna have a long you're going to have a long night. That's a fantastic and observation, the, by the way. Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup is a guy who I think... Um, Cooper Cup is a stud. ...is amazing. And then Robert Woods does a lot of his play in the middle of the field. And, I, you know, and, and Brandon Cooks, you know, like they just have so much where they can beat you. And I'm sorry, but if you come out and base defense in the NFL today, you are going to get absolutely roasted. So I think that's maybe an observation. That'd be like a reason if you, you know, really you know want a reason say. to re- bet the Rams. That's a reason. You know what? You know what? Uh, Sean McVay says when they roll out base defense. So that's a child please moment. Yeah. That's are a you come ki- and get me, Kappa? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I agree. If this is a pick 'em, I'm taking the Rams. It's just too much of a of a opportunity to get value on a team that's clearly better in a yeah not great situation but like but the the Seahawks are a team that I mean they're like we said last week there's like seven different Seahawks teams right and we saw the good one today yeah we the also good-ish saw one they also played you yeah, know right. this we can Cardinals see them like we, we've seen them just this month like lose to a backup quarterback when they gave up two touchdowns non-offensive in the first like few minutes okay Philadelphia All at home win though Philadelphia, I call this the Rich Kotite game Ooh. because Rich Kotite was once the head coach for both these teams. Um, Philly. Remember how we talked about alienating our audience? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't see a line yet because I think that there's some uncertainty with respect to oh, really? if Dalton's playing. Um, okay. I could look back, but uh, that was that was something I. Yeah, there is no line. So, but I guessed it. I guess that Philadelphia coming off of a buy or sorry, well, coming off of a sweet pseudo buy, a pseudo buy would be 13 and a half point favorites wow. at home. Me too. Okay. I think it ends up being a little longer than this, especially a Falk. but it's also like, I hate to say this, well, but it's so, also the Eagles. Like the Eagles don't do this. Like this is the exact, I had this exact conversation with myself in my head. So usually when I am trying to guess the lines, I'm like, okay, up to what point would I bet this team? Yeah. Right. And so with the Eagles, I was like, if it was 14, would I actually want to bet the no. Jets? No. But I wouldn't want to bet the Eagles no, you'd because the, the Eagles are just like, 
so Eaglesy. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it, it's weird because the Eagles are certainly like 17 points better than a Luke Falk led yeah. Jets team. But there's also this Eagles team that comes out and like everyone gets injured and they fumble five times. Well, it reminds me. So like we we do a lot of like radio hits and stuff like that. And and like we I was on a number this week that always, that asked about New England versus Buffalo, and they're like, okay, the number is now seven. What what's your recommendation? And our model, you know, is kind of lean towards New England, but it's also one of those where we, both of us could see the game the way it played out today. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you think Buffalo can win? Well, not really. But do you want to lay the points with New England? It's like, well, no, because sometimes these games get into this sink like it was today. Yeah. And so I think the same thing with Philly. It's like, do I do I think the Jets can win? No. Do I think do I really want to back them to cover right now? No. So it's either a if you're inclined to lay the points, do it, right? And and that's fine. But I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna argue on the Jets side in this one. What was there were a lot of things we haven't spoken about the that Eagles. Uh, Packers game, which ended up being the best game of the week uh, by pretty large margin. But that Eagles team, you know, it wasn't the cleanest performance. Yeah, but about Kansas City, you know, Kansas City, Detroit was a good game, too. But both games were very sloppy and so, sort true. of like there were nine and, fumbles. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it was a disaster. The Kansas City cheeks for a while it was. <laughs> but uh, but Doug Peterson dug them out of that with his decision making, if not his play calling. Um, and that is something that you can always sort of rely on yep. with with the Eagles, which is nice. And so I think for that, you know, they do try and put teams away. They're not going to lollygag around and yeah. like, you know, they try. The defense is so bad. They're not though. always that successful. Is Darby coming back? Because uh, Avante Maddox was. Yeah. Well, we even scared. saw this week one against uh, Washington. They get down 17 nothing. They come all the way back. They go for two to get up nine. Mm-hmm. They kick a field goal. They're up twelve, and then they get backdoored on the in the last you know right. part by by Wash by Washington. Their defense simply isn't good enough, I think, to to cover these like large spreads, in a, in a way that I'm particularly confident. So if it's Luke Falk, thirteen and a half, do you feel? Oh, it's a it's a bet Philly or bet nothing situation. If it's Luke Falk, I Darnold. It's also interesting because like he's not healthy. Mono, like, mono guy. Well, I mean, if you have a, if you have a, I mean, anything that's like swollen inside of your stomach mm. or like around your, like, tell me more, it, it is just not something you I'm are like, a doctor. I am. I am. So. Uh, but I just am not like him coming back. He like, is going to be fatigued. He's probably lost weight, all that kind of stuff. I just, I'm just, I'm just not confident. Plus the Jets don't have a ton of talent offensively. I know they signed Le'Veon Bell, but like they have Robbie Anderson and that's basically it. I still think it's so hilarious that Sam Darnold got mono. Yeah. What a loser. Okay. Jacksonville at Carolina. Two teams. Expansion teams at the same time in 1995. Wow. Yeah. Um, one of the first ever football games I watched was the first game between the two. Jacksonville at Carolina. I put Carolina at minus two and a half going into the day. Not knowing, obviously, that they would beat Houston on the road. Jacksonville played a tough game, but also we we're starting to find out how bad Denver is. Bad. Where did you where did you have this? I had Carolina favored by three. And it ends up being three and a half. Yeah. Um that's interesting to me. I, I'm wondering if Jacksonville trades Jalen Ramsey. That's what immediately came through my head. That is one of the things that I am curious about. I uh, Houston is similar to Seattle in that you just get random games out of this. Just yeah. this weirdness. So that's a good comparison because Watson and, and Wilson are very similar in that they take forever in the pocket. They pressure themselves. Okay. Yeah. And then they've like got it. one receiver that's 
you know, good. Know. Um, and so I'm not going to overreact to to that game. Um, I think three, three and a half is pretty fair. I, I'll say this, though. I would take the better quarterback getting points. And you know who that is. That is my boy, Gardner Minshew, who is just – you talk about Teddy just winning. Gardner Minshew just yeah, wins. I mean, that – right. Luckily, that game went over the total. He's had, what, two straight wins where his team scored in, like, the teens or yeah. 20s, 20s, and a loss where they covered, but they only scored 12 points. Uh, he seems to, like – honestly, he's a guy you really like to root for, I know, and similarly to Teddy, but um, he's gotten a couple wins here. He wasn't great. No, he was fine. He was fine. Leonard, uh, as you know, Fat Lenny, as as he was called today, uh, really ran the ball hard. Uh, but here's the question: so total here is forty one. Carolina has shown some spunk offensively. Mm, that's a nice way to put it. Um, but today they only scored sixteen points. A lot of turnovers on their end, right? Yeah. Jacksonville can clearly score. I don't think Carolina's defense is terribly good. I think it's played some bad. I think it's played some bad uh, opponents. Do you have any appetite for the over, given how small it is? Regardless? I'd never have an appetite for the under. So, uh, yes. 41 I, and a half, it looks like. 41 and a half is not a lot of points. And um, I think this is a reaction to um, to Carolina not scoring a lot. This week to Kyle Allen, you know, took took a big step back. All of Jacksonville's games, except for the one against Kansas City, have had low totals. So very much Jacksonville, too. Yeah, uh, that's kind of where I would lean with this. Um, plus, you know, the the Jalen Ramsey thing, like there's a decent chance he's not there. So I don't know. I, I'm with you there. Uh, Carolina has had um, I'm not quite I'm not quite ready to be like, yeah, Kyle Allen's the future. Well, that or their coverage is really spectacular i guess ross cockrell was like i mean unreal but that's uh, yeah it shows you the volatility of coverage kyle allen today when pressured had a awful grade 4.4 yards per attempt he was 7.7 when clean but he went one for carry the two six uh for 27 yards on balls over 20 yards in the air it just, you know, wasn't as good as last game, but, you know, good enough to win the game, I guess. So interestingly here, you know, we have two teams with young quarterbacks unheralded going up against each other. Kind of fun. Yeah, they, they had the benefit also of Deshaun Watson taking six sacks. Dude, I mean, that's Watson. him every single game. Okay, Great. this is, this is going to be fun because we talked about last week on the podcast on how we wa- like the Bears, right, mm-hmm. and how... Uh, I think I described it as Kirk Cousins defecating himself on the field. And that's exactly what it was. And that's exactly what happened. And so coming back around to week five, Minnesota now goes on the road to face the Giants. Giants team coming off of two straight wins. Um, Both teams are two and two. I said going into the day, I thought that they would put up at least a bit better effort here. I thought it would be a sweat if you bet the Bears, frankly. And it wasn't. Um, I had Minnesota at minus seven and a half. And so I'm clearly wrong. I mean, I, it, it's not even anywhere close to that. What did you have? I had uh, three. So it's four and a half. It opened five, got bet down almost immediately. I, and this sounds bad. I absolutely love Minnesota in this spot. I, I think this is, this is similar to the Raiders yeah. Minnesota game. I mean, it's just, it's their, the, the only Giants, difference is it's on the road. Giants are just not a very good team. 
mean, they're certainly plucky, I guess is a decent word. Um, they were plucking passes out of the air thrown by Washington quarterbacks <laughs> today, for sure. That was... But we... we uh, we just knew this was going to happen to Kirk Cousins. I mean, he has yeah. been atrocious. And, um, yeah, four and a half. Man, it's still Kirk Cousins covering on the road. Yeah, but here's the thing. Kirk has Kirk has continuously covered against these bad teams. He covered against Washington as a favorite. Right? I know. Covered against Oakland. Covered against uh, Atlanta uh, as a favorite. Last season, they covered pretty easily against Detroit. Both times they covered pretty they covered pretty easily against Miami, uh-huh. uh, the Jets. I believe they covered the closing number against Arizona, uh, San Francisco in Week One. Uh, like literally every time that they're actually like favorites, they do a pretty good job. In they you know the the Jets game was in the stadium they're going to play in this week. Um, I'm not sure I've seen an offense great as poorly as the Minnesota Vikings. I mean Garrett Bradbury. Graded. I mean their entire offensive line is a complete disaster Garrett Bradbury was awful yeah that's why you take him in the first round Pat Elfline also awful Dakota Dozier was starting for Josh Klein but he played horribly he was terrible the people that love to make excuses for you know they're saying well you know it's hard to evaluate Bradbury because that defense those all those defensive fronts in the NFC North are so good and you know and and so it's a murderous row it's like well you know, I, I like to remind people that, like, well, when you when your center's undersized, you get an automatic half of a yard more every play just as a handicap. Right. The interesting thing about today was everybody's like, oh, Hakeem Hicks is out. Hakeem Hicks is out. You know, that'll help. Uh, and this gentleman, uh, Roy Robertson Harris, starting in his place, had two sacks and a hurry. Uh, so, yeah, the, the NFC North has a ton of good defensive linemen, but I think people need to realize it's like, well, maybe it's because the Vikings draft guys like Pat Elfline and Garrett Bradbury, and they get just turnstiled on them every single game. Uh, and, and so those guys look maybe better because they're facing Vikings offensive linemen on a continuous basis. That that could be it. You never know. Um, yeah, De- Decent games today by Griffin and, and Hunter on the edge. Both guys had over four, hurry, or four pressures. Um, the rest of the defense... You know, I mean, it's hard to evaluate because Chase Daniel came in and was fine. Uh, they only gave up 16 points, though. The thing I was, the thing I want to talk about with the Vikings defense, though, is we've talked about this before. When you have to play a perfect game, when your quarterback sure. is bad, you can never. It's hard to make take chances on the football because if you give up a touchdown, the game's basically over, right? Like seven nothing was basically an unprecedented lead for Chicago today, and so. I think the Vikings defense is extremely talented and they'll show out against teams like the Giants this week, but against good teams, they're just going to be that team that's like, oh, well, you know, it's it's the starting pitcher that gave, gives up two runs in six innings and loses. Right. Um, uh, let's talk about the Giants, though, because are, are they that bad? Because I, I can get with you on the, look, the Vikings are just the team. We knew they were going to be bad in Chicago against the Bears. Mm-hmm. We just knew it. But are the Giants bad enough for them to take advantage of? And you mentioned Daniel Jones, and everyone was very quick to anoint him. He made some poor throws in this very game. Bad. Um, and those, those showed up. He did not complete a pass more than 20 yards downfield, completed just one more than 10 yards downfield. Very Eli Manning-esque performance, to be perfectly honest. Yep. Did scramble a couple of times, which was nice. Uh, but certainly... The 
there is more that we need to learn about uh, Daniel Jones, who had a uh, 30 passer rating when blitzed, averaged 3.9 yards per attempt and threw two interceptions. He was 12 of 13 for 141 yards, throwing you know between 0 and 10 yards in the middle of the field. And you know where that is, right? That's Evan Ingram, yeah. and that's Sterling Shepard. And that, those are the guys. And the, They call that the Manning zone. Yeah, and Golden Tate's going to make those plays you know, now that he's back this week. Um, so there, there are some redeemable parts about the offense. The thing that, and I don't know if this is about being up a lot or whatever, they gave the ball to Wayne Gallman 18 times. Uh, they gave the ball to John Hillman 10 times. Uh, they should not be running this Why? much, especially considering, I mean, they Gall- ran the ball 37 times. I mean, and a lot of that's being ahead, I think. Um, but yeah, you would think so. But and Gallman did look good on some runs today, but frankly, like, you know, just not being able to throw to throw to, you know, Barkley out of the backfield is going to hurt them a little bit. Although Gallman had 55 yards in a TD <laughs> in his stead, catching the ball. I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm optimistic. If you're a Vikings fan, I'm optimistic in, for the game Sunday. If you're the Giants fan, you know you you are looking to be surprised again. Frankly, yeah. By this, effort. also this, yeah, people will overreact to them winning by 21, even though a lot of it was turnovers and yeah. nonsense. All right, I'm with you. Let's All move right. on. So, wow, you're just you're over here hustling. Well, I know, we're both tired, right? right. Okay, Atlanta, <laughs> the Falcons. It just elicits a giggle every time. Th- one and three after a, a multiple score loss at home to Tennessee goes, plays another AFC South opponent at Houston. There, I guessed that they would be three and a half point underdogs. What did you say? Three. And they are actually five point dogs to a Houston team that just lost to Carolina and Kyle Allen. So, are people are are, are we going to be betting the Falcons pretty soon? Here, are we? <laughs> are we to the point where? Everybody has had enough, and the Falcons are going to be seven-point dogs eventually to average teams. I don't know, man. They're trash. I mean, they're off. They just don't do anything like how do you, I don't understand how you get blown out by Tennessee. It just doesn't. I don't. Mariota like had two incompletions from a clean pocket just, today. It was unreal. And then, of course, they only score ten points at home on offense. I mean, you have Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. You scored ten points. I mean, come on. That that was terrible. Their offensive line was a, a disaster. Matt Ryan was under pressure 21 of 60 dropbacks. Um, I can't wait till for another month for Tennessee to win like that again, did. by the way. Right. Well, they'll, they'll get blown out three times yeah. in, in the meantime. Uh, the, the value here is on if you can figure out whether Atlanta will show up to the stadium or not. That's basically it, right? Because yeah. there are these games where it's just – Hey man, we didn't make it. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. they didn't let us in. Look, we're down twenty-one nothing in the first quarter, and sorry if you bet us plus four. It's over. We apologize, yeah, hey, but we, we just our bus was late. So here's a question, and of course we don't want flights from Atlanta to Houston are tough to come by. We don't want anybody's head, of course, all this kind of stuff. But how how does this have to go for Atlanta to to keep Dan Quinn as the head coach until the That's season's very over? Interesting. I I very interesting, and the the. The narrative with Atlanta was we are putting Dan Quinn in charge of the defense, and this is going to change the defense. And it hasn't changed the defense. But the other thing is they keep fiddling with the offense and bringing, you know, it's Sarkeesian, it's Cutter. And and the, the narrative there has been, well, Matt Ryan's got this covered. And, like, I think Matt Ryan's very good. 
but maybe, just maybe, he isn't a quarterback offensive coordinator like Peyton yes. Manning was. Like, there's a chance. He, he Not might everyone be like is... a rich man's Jared Goff as opposed to a as opposed to a, a poor man's Peyton Manning. Well, yeah, it, it ain't working. Yeah, yeah. Right? And sometimes you need, actually, probably more often than not, far more often than not, you need a smart person there to be an offensive play caller and play designer and let Matt Ryan carry out what they draw up. So it might just not be the case that Dirk Cutter is in there providing that that wizardry. Um, I would not bet on the Atlanta Falcons in any way, shape, or form, in any situation. And I certainly am not betting on the Atlanta Falcons on the road against Deshaun Watson. Well, I the problem with the Falcons, it's it's one of those things where you know we we had the Dolphins uh, in our picks column, and it, and it's one of those like. I need to see the Dolphins do something before we bet on them, and I think that's poor, poor process too. Right, if the numbers like them, and and you and you want to bet it, bet it. The thing with the Falcons is we're going to say I need to see something from the Falcons before we pick them. We're going to see it one week, and we're not going to have picked them, and then we're right. going to, you know, and then it, then they're going to lose three games in a row. Their schedule coming up here, they go go to Houston. That's a tough game. They go to they go to Arizona, which is a back to back road. Arizona is not very good, but they come back home and face the Rams and the Seahawks before going before having a three game stretch against the NFC South. Mm-hmm. Saints probably with Bridgewater, but on the road, two Fal- or two two Panthers, and then home at Tampa Bay. I top five pick. Just I honest- and then they play. They actually play like all of their NFC South, like five of their NFC South games in a row, which is strange. I don't think. I don't think Dan Quinn makes it through that if they, if if they don't see a fundamental change in how how they're doing. I gotta say this: I think if they go to Arizona and lose, it happened to McCarthy. The really McCarthy annoying thing about it is that Dan Quinn is trying. Like he he went for a fourth down here. I, it's to, to me, it's the players' performance at this point. Yeah, like they literally can't. I don't, and it's and I don't think it's the defense either. It's the offense. The they offense only gave is, up twenty four today. The offense is terrible, man. It can't happen. Anyways, let's move on. This game is garbage. Um, let's go to New England, Washington. So the Patriots come out and just absolutely offensively decompose. We this game always happens, you know. Like you're like, wow, is Brady done? And he's probably not done. The defense couldn't score enough to cover seven, unfortunately. But they now have the Washington Wizards in our nation's capital. And I think this will be over a two-score spread. I think the Patriots will be favored by 14.5. And, and that is where they're currently at. I said 11.5, but I thought Washington would put up a fight today. You thought Case Keenum would yeah, be yeah. in there? Well, oh, and that's a good point. I thought Washington would put up a fight to get today against the Giants. I yep. thought they were plucky on Monday night after a lot of self-imposed problems. They came mm-hmm. back. Uh, they they honestly put up a way better fight against the Bears on Monday Night Football than the Vikings did today. That's true. So, um, Can and I, the, and the, here, here's the thing: people, this line being fourteen and a half is people basically saying that today didn't matter for the Patriots. It didn't. You know what does matter? <laughs> Dwayne Haskins is going to come out there, and he is going to be in for a rough. Well, here's Sunday. here's the question because it's it's pretty it's going to be pretty. You know, pretty fair that to say that the Redskins are going to be zero and five, right? So I ask you the exact same question about uh, Jay Gruden as I do Dan Quinn. Which one, like, if you're a betting person, which one do you go with? I mean, oh, I think, 
I think Dan Quinn has a better shot of keeping his job just because, like, they have some talent. There's a trap for both of them. You already identified Cardinals on the road. Washington next week, so week six, goes to Dolphins. And if they yeah. lose that game, yeah. I think I think it's going to be a hard for, for uh, Jay. You know, I, I here's the thing, though. For the Redskins, I'm not sure if it's as much about wins and losses as it is how does it look. Like effort, yeah. Because if Dwayne Haskins comes out there against New England, and as I think will happen, just looks atrocious, and Jay Gruden doesn't back him, then I think Dan Snyder's got no choice but to be like, well, I got to choose one of these guys, and I just spent you know a, a draft bunch break. of draft capital on Dwayne Haskins. And so I, I don't think... And the other thing is it looks like Jay Gruden or what we've heard is that he's not a huge fan of Haskins, which is weird. So well, and that and the, the other thing is with the Falcons, it's it's never how it looks. It always looks bad with the Falcons it's and true. it's whether or not they win or lose is really the point. Um, Are you worried at all about the Patriots offense? Uh, you, you can make a case that Buffalo's defense is pretty good. So um and also after the game, you can make a really good case that the Patriots are defense is still, you know. I mean, Josh Allen was not able to complete a pass, what, over 20 yards in the air and, like, had more intercepted than than not. And, and um, I mean, the Patriots' offense was rough. Brady But they, they clean, did nothing, right? Brady went clean, 4.8 yards per attempt and an interception. Not great. 3.8 yards per attempt overall. Uh, it was really bad. I mean, the red zone interception was trash. Mm-hmm. That was horrible. Um, I... I just think it was one of those games where they it was basically like New England at Detroit last year, and if Detroit and and if and if Buffalo had any competence to them, they would they would have won the game. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm not. I'm just trying to. I'm laying out all uh, the facts. There. No, no. But okay. But we'll get to Kansas City at the end of the time. But I do think that today, today. If I'm talking about just on the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. Kansas City is, has lapped New England. In the sense that both had tough games, Detroit's defense is not as good as uh, as Buffalo. Not nowhere close. But they, uh, well, nowhere close. I, they were without. I, I Dar- did, they were without Darius Slay. They were nowhere close. Yeah, but they have some talent there. Nowhere close. You're not even going to pat me on the back for the Detroit take last week. Is that what you're looking for? No, I'm just saying you're hoping for a pat I'm, on the back. I'm saying I'm saying Detroit's defense is not an elite group, but they're not terrible. And they're and and they despite having players out, they put up a decent fight against the Chiefs, and I think that it was it was very much the Chiefs not executing, but it was also yeah, that's the, what I would Detroit not being with. a sieve. And and when I look at the two games that happened today, New England didn't execute and their offense stunk, and the Chiefs didn't execute, and their offense was their offense ended up being basically average. Yeah, what, and I think that that's an encouraging sign for Kansas City relative to New England. What I would push back on is that guys were open for Kansas City left and right. There were some missed throws and a bunch of fumbles, and it appeared as though the Buffalo Bills just stuck to everyone yeah. all day long. That's a good and, point. And uh, also, one game was played in a dome, and I don't need to tell you. Jeez. I don't need to tell well, you. Well, we about got that. the over in that game. That's all that matters. Okay, uh, let me find the next one. Okay, Tampa Bay. Oh, we, we where where would you go on that? I mean, this is another New England or nothing. I'm not. I'm. I'm excited yeah. about taking New England. I don't. I don't have a. I, there's 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 going to be teams that are a no bet for me right now. Dolphins. 
uh, Washington's uh, Minnesota when the teams win, when their opponents win number is bigger than its loss number, uh, et cetera. But uh, for me, I think it's New England or nothing, but this number is going to grow. I just think as it's the gonna, week. As the it's going to grow. I would bet it now. Okay. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. This this one was interesting because the, the line's not up there, I don't think, yet because Sunday Night Football has just finished. But I said going into the day that New Orleans would be a 10-point favorite. Uh, I see a line up for it. I had four and a half. And it appears to be five and a half. So you're a clock closer than me. I did not have Tampa Bay doing what they did today. Yeah. Very discouraged by what they did last week. Um, And I just kind of saw this coming from New Orleans. Like they they were either going to win real ugly or they were going to lose real bad. And there's no. We both thought they were going to you know do well. There's ugly, but well. There there's no reason to get overly excited about the New Orleans offense, which is, I think, why this number is four and a half. Um, that being said, the opportunity to to fade Jameis Winston's amazing performance is one that we should just like I'm forfeit. Kind of we just about. we should just forfeit the juice and just bet our because I'm ready to bet on Flamus Winston. Like, oh, because nice Flamus <laughs> Winston, huh? That's what you get at twelve thirty in the morning. Yeah. Um, okay, so let, let's wait until like that's basically all we have for that game. Let's go Buffalo <laughs> at Tennessee. Okay, this one's tricky because Allen might be out, right? And, and you started talking about an upgraded quarterback with Matt Barkley yeah. um, next week. <laughs> the former Forty Nine. I Matt actually Barkley. don't think that's an upgrade, which tells you all you need to know. Uh, I have the Titans favored by three and a half, and I I said three. So. Um, and I, I still think it. I honestly still think it's three, no matter what happens at the quarterback position for Buffalo, because the Titans are like the Falcons North. Mm-hmm. They just, it's, it's, it's. That's their, their defense has some talent. Their quarterback can play well in some circumstances, and they just they unload on some games, and then they just like craft the bed for like two straight weeks. Every that was that was their mo, and so. It's all about what the Titans do. I think it has nothing to do with Buffalo in this game. Yes, and to me, the Titans are just the continuous letdown team. Yeah, like, and they're just a team you just don't know. Honestly, you, um, you can't really figure them out. But I'll tell you what I'm not doing. Not betting on Matt Barkley. That's one thing I will not do. Okay. Let's move on to a decent game. Uh, I think there's one left. <laughs> uh, yes, I would, oh, yeah, yes, there's a couple. Yes, Green Bay, Dallas. Okay. Is that are you seeing a line? Green Bay at Dallas. I am. I I said before the day started that I like Dallas minus four and a half. And that is what it is. And I had Dallas minus three and a half. And part of that was because I feel as though they played a bunch of really bad teams and they are probably not as good as they looked. And I don't think Green Bay is great either. But I do think this is a good game between two teams that aren't as good as people mm-hmm. want them to be. And whoever wins this is going to be hyped up the next week. To the nines. I mean, Fox has been getting sweat, hot and sweaty waiting for this game. Knees weak, arms are heavy. Yeah, it's crazy. I still remember that Dallas Green Bay game where um, Dallas scored too early. Yes, we had we had and we had Green Bay and yeah. Aaron Rodgers just Superman cape came on. 
I'm that one scramble where he high stepped out Dude, of it. Unreal. That throw to Adams for the game winning touchdown. Nuts. That's that's why That's like the last good game Rodgers has had. I was gonna say that single game has like continued yeah. uh the lore of Aaron Rodgers, which is well deserved because that was incredible. Anyways, Dallas as a more than three point favorite. Is it is it unfair? I remember very specifically the last time we talked about this game. Better quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, and he's getting points. How do you not take that? Is it unfair to say that Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback getting points in this game? No. Okay. Good. No, Rodgers is better than Dak. I mean, the hard part is is if if Devonte Adams is serious, is injured and doesn't play yes. in this game, I I well, because one thing that was very apparent tonight was the linebackers for Dallas are just unbelievable. They're very good, and like the Packers' best option it, offensively without. Adams is Aaron Jones, whether throwing him the ball or running him. Some Marquez Valdez scantling hatred there. Yeah. So I, I would wait on the Devontae Adams picture. If he plays, I think this is a, a much better bet. I think in either direction, I don't know what the total is, but I think this plays as an under. Yes. Um, because, Agreed. you know, people are going to, the people are going to bet the number up because on Thursday night football, it was an over. But I think that was a lot more having to do with the fact that the Eagles can't cover anybody right. than it has anything to do with the Packers specifically. Um, so, and people are going to like ignore the under that happened tonight because Bridgewater was playing, and yes. you know the, the New Orleans Saints defense. Is I like good, the blah, under blah, blah. quite a bit. Also, though, if this gets out to four and a half, five, you know, because of the Devontae yeah. Adams news or something like that, I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is not going to get blown out by Dak Prescott. Yeah, it could be a good like um, teaser option too. Like if you're looking at, oh, like I mean, honestly, six Tease points, me. six points gets you past seven and ten, um, and and this will be a lower scoring game, so those points will be Tease worth quite a bit. But me, okay, baby, let's look at let's let's get some bad games out of the way here. Arizona at Cincinnati. Oh, what did you have? So many. I have the Cincinnati Bengals favored by four and a half and that, at home. That is the number pending Monday Night Football. I had it at minus three because I thought Arizona would play a little bit better. Would today. play? Would play today. Um, it does. It does not look they like. Did not. I got to look at Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Uh, yes. Process it, here for it, him. It was not great. One of the things that is really worrisome about the Arizona Cardinals is you figure. Look. They're going to be a vertical passing team. They're just not. Though. And they're not. Dude, it's bad. And it is horrifying. Kyler Murray only attempted two throws more than 20 yards downfield. Only three uh, in the 10 to 19 yard range completed two for 33 yards. There just either isn't time or he uh, by the time that he is able to look up, uh, right, He's yeah. all of a sudden under pressure and scrambling around and then gets to look downfield and it's like this heave ho throw. So he's been he hasn't been playing great. Um he hasn't been playing as bad he's as he's not the turning it look. over a ton though. I mean I mean it's it's just a, the simple fact of the matter is they cannot block really anybody. Yeah. And the offense isn't getting guys open quick enough for him to hit. I really believe that they need to sit sit down and be like, okay. How, how do we get the ball out of his hands quickly to guys that are open? Sad thing is I'm not sure they have enough guys that can get open quickly. Christian Kirk has not taken the next hashtag step so far this year. Just uh, 37 yards on five targets today. He had a drop. Uh, just not good. Keyshawn Johnson 
you know, from Fresno, not from uh, USC uh, back in the day. Um, he has, you know, just struggled. And so it's been basically Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson underneath. And I just don't think he can win football games in 2019, throwing it to a 75 year old receiver and a running back. So uh, that's, <laughs> he is great. Though. That's tricky. Um, okay. So what, if, what side do you think here though? If it's four and a half, if it's four and a half, there is no chance in hell that I'm betting on the, Cincinnati you're laying Bengals. the, yeah, the points. Yes. Uh, um, and the thing with the Bengals is that they have a very important game here against Pittsburgh, right? It's a rivalry game yeah. on Monday Night Football. Honestly, the team that wins is only a game out of first in the a- AFC North. Absolutely. So they're going to they're gonna empty the tank here. They've got to win this game. And then here it's like Arizona, we're a favorite, we're feeling kind of good. You know, finally we got this sure win. And I would be a little uh, nervous about that. Yeah. But I have a worse game for you. Okay, go for it. And this worst game is Mitchell Trubisky or Chase Daniel, probably Chase Daniels, uh, against Oakland. Well, and and it's even worse than that because we've decided this game has been played at this game could have been played at eight in the morning Eastern. It is instead being played or nine in the morning Eastern. I can't remember. It is instead being played at one Eastern in London. Yep. We are giving the folks overseas our worst in so many ways. The but worst game by a mile. The worst game and here. It, and it doesn't even start early. Right. Which is a Which real... is a treat treat for us, right? Cuz you can wake up and watch the game. Um I I had Chicago and I actually don't even know if I uh, accounted for. But anyway, I, I had them at minus 5 and a half. Well, you wouldn't have accounted for him cuz he had No, no, the the London, the oh. neutral site. Uh I think i did i don't know i had chicago fared by five and that's where it is at so we either were lucky or good there in terms of the accounting for the home field although home field advantage is it seems right in oakland doesn't matter either yeah um okay i gotta ask you this question so uh we had chicago in the super contest and um we had chicago i think at the green line had at the beginning of the week uh End of the week. Oh, and there the was week. money all over right, the Vikings. Right. It, it opened at three. It got, got all the way down to one. Anyways, so we were rooting for Chicago because of various things. Trubisky gets hurt. What do you do? I mean, it, it, was, it was like the floor just rose. Like, so uh, it went from like hell to ground level in like a minute. My uh, my good buddy Ross, with whom. Uh, I do the super contest. What did I say? Um, he, he goes, WTF, Jesus. He's referring to Trubisky getting injured. And I go, what are you talking about? I'd rather have him than Trubisky. Pause. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but really, poor guy. he looked good. And He's the fine. thing with, with Trubisky is you just you just kind of assume there's going to be a couple of plays you're like, what the right? Heck it lowers is going the floor on, significantly. He keeps both teams and, in the game. And all you had to do against Minnesota, given what Kirk Cousins was putting on the field, which was a lot of Brown stuff, um, was keep it together. And and Chase Daniels did more than keep it together. He was actually good. He only he only attempted five passes over ten yards downfield. He completed four of them. Uh, that pretty pretty solid from a clean pocket. He averaged over seven yards per pass attempt, over 110 pass rating. I mean, we're talking about a guy who is exactly what you want in a backup quarterback. He is exactly Derek Carr. These are the these are the same player playing each other. 
and it's in London. And well, they're both backup. So are you are you making a point that Derek Carr will have a job for a while as a back? Yes. Should he accept it? Right. Yeah. Okay. Derek Carr will have a job for a while. So so Probably are we? Be so what is the total for this game? Because I'd like to wait, place a Although, wager on the under. Raiders fans and Austin Gale are going to be very mad because the Raiders put the stomp. Yeah. On. Uh, on the Indianapolis Colts in exactly the game you expect Derek Carr to play well in, right? It's so strange. He plays well like four times a year. Yeah, and it's it's the the thing is he is an accurate quarterback who, like in his mind, when he thinks he's going to have a clean pocket, can deliver. Yeah. The second there's a shred of doubt, it's like holy cow. Yeah, yeah. Just everything, up. everything absolutely goes to forty one and a half is the total. Thank uh, London. We're you know on behalf of the United States of America, we're Very sorry. sorry. Um, okay, if there was. Uh, a good enough game in London, would you ever want to go? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, the problem is, is going to one NFL game is tough, is not fun unless it is a standalone. So yes. we went to like a Thursday night game. That was great. But like, I always find myself and granted, if I'm going to a game now, it's I'm going to a Bengals game. Normally, I always find myself by the third quarter, like watching red zone on my phone anyway. Yes. And so I would like, not go to a bad game during the actual NFL slate. But that's the thing. Like, unless you go to one of the morning games, you're going to be going to you're going to be watching a game when there's other games on. Yep. And it's just kind of like uh, I'm you're you're paying a, you know you're not paying a lot for like a Bengals game, but you're paying a lot to go to London. Uh, and so I don't think the appeal is there for me. Yes, not I would not go. The only place I would want to go is a Thursday night Mexico City game mm-hmm. because you could then spend a couple of days eating some good food and probably not paying a ton for it, which is what you want to do. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. That has been your travel hour with George and Eric. Let's do Baltimore minus two. Or Why sorry, not? Let's do Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Okay, and so, I, 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 sorry, I already gave so it away. you think Baltimore will be favored by two, two and a half. I think that Baltimore will be favored by four, and it is smack dab in the middle. Three, three and a half. Okay. So a little bit towards you. This is pending Monday Night Football, which um, I'm sure will be a Mason Rudolph aerial assault. Right. So the the the. The way that this gets bet down to three is if Rudolph plays well, the, the, if it climbs out. I mean, a lot of the things about Baltimore that we said early in the season have sort of come true the last two weeks, right? Yes. Uh, Lamar Jackson, not as accurate as he needs to be. Running the football, not necessarily the, the thing that you can win with. And then I think the kicker, uh, you know, the, everybody you know, gives them a lot of you know, uh, kudos for signing Earl Thomas. But that defense lost more, a lot more talent than they gained. They're not nearly as good as they were. And, you know, Jimmy Smith being hurt hurts them. Marlon Humphrey played a really good game against Odell. I mean, he basically broke the guy. Um, but the guy went. They were like choking each other. But they couldn't cut. Like C.J. Mosley not being a linebacker there anymore. Obviously, the Zadarius Smith and uh, Terrell Suggs not being able to rush the passer anymore. Uh, you know, the Ricky Seals Jones had got his as a tight end. Jarvis Landry as a slot player uh, did extremely well. So. Uh, I think that there's a lot of holes in those defenses and the Chiefs. We, you know, I thought the Chiefs were super impressive for beating them the other the other week. It's maybe less so now that we've seen that Baltimore, or, uh, sorry, Cleveland could put up 40 against them. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb just dude bust like they. Nick Bal- Chubb is legitimately very good. Yeah, I agree. And um, gives that you know that offense has struggled quite a bit and the fact that he just gains seemingly five yards after contact every time he touches the ball well and he over two-thirds of his yards today were before contact so which is nice they were well. moving the uh, yeah, defense one, off the ball poor eric kush he had a rough day lamar jackson though um 
has been certainly better than I think we anticipated as a passer. He had a ways to go, though. That's sure. The, yeah. Um, my question is, does does the fact that he wants to be a passer, and clearly they're trying to, you know, they're putting him in play action situations yeah. a lot, giving these opportunities. Is he actually limiting himself a little bit by not running more? I think so. I mean, he there were a couple third downs where you're like, wow, I wish I was rooting for the the Ravens in this one, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we had Browns as our lock of the week, but like, you you know, you look at that and you're saying he just makes people miss, it, you know, that have at will at will, and it, and it's like, well, and you look at the plays under pressure, he had 13 dropbacks under pressure, he was sacked four of them, pretty good by the Browns' defense mm-hmm. of corralling him. He only ran once on those plays. He threw eight times. Like, I don't like that ratio for him, nope. especially when it results in 4.1 yards per pass attempt and an interception. Um, he did not complete a pass today over 20 yards in the air. That's kind of like, that gives you more, I think, uh, uh, room for error if you are a quarterback who's not quite as accurate as some of your con- contemporaries. He's yep. still doing a pretty good job over the middle of the field, like last week right. against Kansas City. And that's he was always great. been his thing. And, and today he was, he was fine over the middle of the field in the intermediate area. Um, but... You know, if I'm looking at the Ravens moving forward, now they're no longer the favorite in that division. Um, a lot of their warts have sort of been exposed here. The move is on John Harbaugh, who we know is doing a lot of the right things to sort of counter here uh, and keep the Ravens a- as a as a discussion point to be a contender in the AFC. Because right now, if you look at the AFC, the Chiefs and the Patriots are overwhelming favorites, not only to win the division, but also but, to get first round buys. Yes. I am here for Mason Rudolph to look decent on Monday Night Football. And then this to get down to three, two and a half, and then to hammer balls. <clears throat> Just hammer because I I do think that the the Cleveland Browns were severely underrated. This was a kitchen sink game, as we discussed. Yep, we told perfect. you. I mean, it was perfect. We told you this was a kitchen sink game, and it sure as heck was. Mm-hmm. And they played like it, and now they're feeling a little good about themselves. You know, great. We'll see who the Cleveland Browns are. For Baltimore, though, it was. It was hard for to make this as big of a game as it was for the Browns. But now they're in a rivalry game where they're in much the same place as the Browns where they have to win this game. They can't lose to Mason Rudolph. That, that cannot happen. So uh, that would be... Well, if you look at this, you look at the, you look at the Ravens coming up at Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. home to Cincinnati. I, you have to go 2-0 and in these games, yep. I think, because then you go to Seattle, which is a tough place to play. You go home to Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- those, you know, if, if you're not careful, you get to the midway point of the season, four and four, three and five. If you don't Ill- sweep that, you know, that, that Steelers, you know, Bengals situation. Also not having the tiebreaker necessarily with Cleveland, you lost your home game in that series. If you, you can't lose to the Bengals or Steelers because that those are division games. Like can't do it. You can't do it. The tiebreakers are there. You f- you finish off the season not terribly, right? You go to you go to you have Steelers Browns the last two weeks of the season after playing Jets Bills. Like it's not terrible. Yep. But you have the NFC West on your schedule. Three of those teams are pretty damn good. You've already played the bad team in that division, so it's a little tenuous for Baltimore. Obviously, if I'm if I'm betting, I'm still putting them in the playoffs, but. Uh, it's not a, it's not as clear cut as it was after two weeks of playing the Dolphins and the Cardinals. All right, we have three games left. One of them is terrible. The other two we both want to talk about. So let's get this one out of the way quickly. Denver in Los Angeles to play the Clippers. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George should be a tough game for uh, 
Nikola Jokic and uh, the Denver Jeepers. Nuggets. I, I had uh, Chargers minus seven and a half at home. Um, what did you have? Uh, I had five and a half. And it's six and a half. So Denver, man. Denver's been close in all. Th- well, I, guess I feel Oakland. bad for Vic Fangio because he deserves something better than what Joe Flacco's putting on the yeah. field. But it was there, you know, I guess it wasn't Fangio's choice to have Flacco. And, and frankly, Flacco in both of their home yeah, games. He really hasn't been that bad. That's Flacco in both of their home games has brought them from behind and gotten them one point leads um, yeah. on, only to have the defense give up field goals at the end of the game. Um, losing to Oakland is there's no excuse for that turnovers in green Bay. It's whatever, but they're not as bad as their own four record. Uh, the chargers somehow slept walk through the day and still covered 16 and a half hate to see it. But anyway, uh, I would say Denver might be a value here at plus seven and a half. I could not agree more. Plus seven and a half is ridiculous. Emmanuel Sanders is fantastic. And Cortland Sutton is not too bad as a number two option. All right. Sunday night football. We might get some points. It has been rough on the Sunday night slate trying to get some but points it's been here. Very good betting Chiefs overs. True. So we have the Kansas City Chiefs. They are hosting the Indianapolis Colts. This is a rematch of the divisional playoff in the snow in Kansas City. There will no, not be snow in Kansas City, I don't think. Uh, it didn't matter. Kansas City offense absolutely destroyed the Indianapolis Colts. And their defense played well that game, too. Well, yes. And, and you could just tell. The Colts were just not ready for that that type of mm-hmm. environment, which is a shame because I think they might be now. This would have been really fun to watch with Andrew Luck. That being said, he's not there. So I think this will be Kansas City favored by 10. And I said 7.5 prior to the games today. Indianapolis losing to Oakland at home by multiple scores. It is 10. Actually, got it's gotten bet down to 9.5. Didn't they just lose by 1? Uh, no, I ended up being 31-24, right? I think uh, Brissett threw a pick six in the end. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, that's right. That, and then they came back and back. 31-24, yeah. Okay, anyway. But they were, like, behind by multiple scores. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't close. Um, so it's now nine and a half. Yeah, so it was ten, and then Scott bent down a little bit. So, okay, if you're looking at this from from uh, as an Indianapolis fan, mm-hmm. You think about okay, what is our what is the means by which we've we've won games so far this season? It's to keep things close. Yep. It's to matriculate the ball down the field. It's to be efficient passing the ball underneath and the occasional over the top to T. Y. Hilton. If T. Y. Hilton doesn't play and he didn't play today, it makes it very tough on their offense. Yes. And here's the thing with the Colts defense. It ain't very good. And the Colts have sort of survived by playing teams uh in that same way, right? Which is like, hey, we're just going to do everything we can to keep you from right. taking the big play. The tough thing with the Chiefs is they will just take the big play. And they didn't hit any against Detroit, um, which means th- they're going to they're gonna work on it, right? They do. They're going to figure this out. Now, they didn't hit any, but there were there a few there for the taking. Mm-hmm. There was one where it looked like uh, Robinson just like lost his like, head in the lights. Right, right. Um, there was an overthrow by Pat Mahomes um, over on the right. Look, Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown in this game, and that is going to be talked about forever and ever. But he averaged 10 yards per attempt from a clean pocket, over 300 yards from a clean pocket. He mm-hmm. was fine. I'm not worried about this in any way, shape, or form. And to be honest, I said 10 because if it was anything under 10, there's no way I'm not betting the Chiefs in this one. Yeah, I think they absolutely destroyed this Colts team with Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, and and that number that day was about four. 
but it started out at like five, six. I remember being on uh, a radio show in Kansas City and the host was talking to me about the game and his, you know, gambling friend decided to text him during and saying like, no, the Chiefs are not the right side here. The, the Colts are the right side. The Colts were the absolute sharp side that entire time. They were. And it seems like the sharp thing to do is to bet Kansas City and to lose repeatedly. Um, although, you know, it didn't work today. But like, Kansas City, by the way, today, it was, this was really interesting. Um, in the Super Contest, they were the oh, Kansas City minus six and a half. Overwhelmingly the most picked game by about 600. Yeah. Uh, over 1,400 people took the Kansas City Chiefs, took the Lions. We had the Lions in, on Green Line, which was good. Um, and, and I would say, you know. And that was 1,000% the right move. The Lions are a decent team. I mean, the uh, you know, and we, we like the over more, so that was really where we focused our attention. But, you know, the the thing is, the Lions, you know, they, they, I set they, you up. they fumbled inside the five. I set you up all for it. I mean, the Lions are the best team in the NFC North. Let's be Let's, be let's really go. Honest. I mean, they, they it's almost it's if, 1 a.m. If they would have won outright, it would have been pretty clear they didn't. But the Lions are the best team in the NFC North, I think. Uh, and they played like it today. And even they made mistakes. They fumbled, Stafford freaking fumbled inside the five. To, uh, and then I mean, they, they should have won that game. Carry on fumbled and they got run back by Brashad Breland. Like, you know, and all those things helped the over, I think. But uh, so but, the Colts were not sharp in this. Or, sorry, the Chiefs were not sharp in this game. But you talked about this a lot last year, which is. The Chiefs are just so good that they win games where they don't play very well. They have so many counters. They have counters to everything. Their their offense is just that good. And um, in this game, it was, you know, they didn't hit any of those big plays. But when we talk about them hitting all those big plays, we're thinking about these huge plays. So that means they had to settle for intermediate yeah, plays. Yeah. And look, here's the thing. The Travis Kelsey like flip to McCoy and Right. I mean, uh, Mahomes had nine completions but 10 to 19 yards downfield. That's tremendous. If, yeah. if that was most quarterbacks, we'd be sitting here like, "Hey, look, this yeah. guy might be just figuring went, it out." He just went 0 for 6 on deep on passes over 20 yards downfield. Yeah. He was also 1 for 11 when pressured and took off and ran twice. But here's the thing. Took off and ran twice. Those are huge plays. Didn't get sacked in both situations. Um, he did not get sacked. Uh, he averaged almost ten yards per attempt when clean. I mean, we were talking about this before. Again, Detroit, I think, played well for them, especially considering they had their best defensive player was out. Mm-hmm. And and I think like the Chiefs' struggles offensively maybe were seventy five percent them and twenty five percent Detroit. You know, being a pretty good team. The thing that was cool about the game. For on the on the Kansas City side, you know, sorry, on the on the Detroit side, was that Stafford played pretty well. And if you're a Chiefs fan, you have to be a little bit annoyed that in the secondary they are still extremely vulnerable, terrible. And and I don't think so. If you look at the Chiefs' schedule, is starting with this week, you're not going to get exploited there for a while, right? Indianapolis is not going to press mm-hmm. you. Uh, you know, the Denver Broncos in your division are not going to press you. Well, Oakland is not going they to might press. press you more than the. Colts Oakland's not going to press you so you know they do get uh Morris Claiborne back from suspension there's obviously always like the the hint that they're going to trade for trade for Patrick Peterson maybe Jalen Ramsey um but until that time they are still a humongous question mark in the secondary could not agree more at nine and a half you're obviously Uh, I'm taking I'm taking Kansas City I you know and and the the model might say something different like honestly we like Kansas City so much numerically we might be on that side um but this is one of those where and we're going to get there a lot this year. 
it's to me, you lay the points with a favorite or you lay off it. And there's a lot of great opportunities in the NFL to bet underdogs. And there are some where you're just chasing. And I think if you bet Indianapolis here in Kansas City, a team that hasn't scored in the first quarter in three consecutive, like they are going to correct all these things. There's so many great areas. And, 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 and I think Kansas City just rolls here. Favorites did terribly today, by the way. Yeah. Awful. Both straight up and against the spread. Just a disaster. Um, hate to see it. Really right. do. Last, uh, last one. Your San Francisco. One of the last undefeated teams. My Niners at home. Getting 15 days off or whatever. Hosting. Coming the, off of a bye. The Cleveland Cavaliers. And I, I said San Francisco would be minus two and a half. Ooh. What did you say? No, ye of little faith. Ye of little faith in Jimmy Jesus. I have the Niners favored by four and a half. And it is it is three minus 120 minus three and a half flat. So it. it there's some respect being paid to the Browns here for no reason, but there also is the fact that, you know, San Francisco's favored here. And I think in a lot of reasons, because of the spot, you know, they get the time off time off at Cleveland home. played a mu- Cleveland just played a must win game where they won. Uh, they're on the road. Everything, everything is feeling good, right? Everything is solved. There are still a lot of issues. We were watching that game live. Live. I thought honestly, I thought Baker was Looked very better. good in the pocket today. Yes, uh, his, well, certainly better. His grades were his grades were good from the pocket. He, you know, Jarvis came. You know, one of their good receivers came through and played well. Dude, they got some. They got some run from Ricky Seals Jones. Odell just getting locked up right. by guys. So Odell and Richard Sherman play. might be a nice matchup to uh, this next week. Oh, I don't yes. know if, if Richard Sherman can keep up with them, but uh, nonetheless, no. I mean, Baker was. T- uh, 12.3 yards per time from a clean pocket. He did have that one interception, which you hate to see. Um, but certainly he was better. Um, the only thing that's going to keep me from taking the, the Niners here is I don't want to jinx them. Because I, I'm already uh, locked in to the Airbnb. Oh, sure. Shakira. Hips don't lie. Shakira with a, uh, a guest appearance by J-Lo and a guest appearance by... By Pitbull. Timber. Uh, I just noticed, but back up one second. Chiefs Colts over under is 57. Wow. So I'm thinking about this this one in this game we're currently talking about is 47 and a half. Both kind of under E games. Yeah. Things you will not get me to do. The Chiefs under yeah. at home. Dude, will not happen. Sweaty. Um, by the way, can we talk about this for a quick second? Shakira J-Lo. Everyone assumes J-Lo is the headliner. No, that's horrible. Well, that's like that's like you know when Mahomes plays, uh, you know uh, Brady in the AFC title game. People are going to assume Brady's the headliner, but one's over the hill and one's uh... okay. So J Lo's not over the hill. First off, she looks fantastic. This is not a looks well, thing. We're on the, this we're is on a downslope though, of, but still good, right? Brady's that same way. Brady's not as max anymore, but he's still freaking good. Sure, but like the thing is that J Lo has never been the singer that Shakira is. Shakira's a really talented singer. Yeah, and singer. Brady's never been the passer Mahomes is. <laughs> so. <laughs> Fair. Anyways, I'm already looking forward to that trio of wonderfulness along with my Niners uh, in the Super Bowl. So I don't really want to jinx them this early on in the season. That being said, you can if you'd like. Uh, okay, so by this time, so let's think about how this is going to set up here. Um, the Ram. Oh, so one of the two teams, the Rams or the Seahawks, presumably will have lost by then. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be one team that's four and one, one team that's three and two. Uh, Cardinals don't matter. 
San Francisco, if they lose, will be in second place in the division. If they win, they'll be in first place with a bullet. It's gonna be a lot. It'll be fun. Like it's gonna be a fun thing. Like when's when's the last time San Francisco's been first place in the NFC West? It was like 2012 or yep. something. So um, I think this will be it. Honestly, the Monday Night Football slate looks garbage, Except but this, for this game. game actually looks like it'll be f- kind of fire. Um, I think the number's perfect. You have to go one side or the other. Uh, better quarterback getting points. Give me Cleveland. Love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I refuse to pick this game. Um, real quick, uh, Monday night game tonight. Uh, what's the line right now? I think it's bet, bet down to three. It opened at four, four and a half. We like Cincinnati. I don't know if we – no, actually – our number was yeah, no right way. around three. So now that it's crossed over to three, we're probably saying no bet. If it was you know three and a half, four, the three is such a key number that it was it would have been worth the effort for you. But um, yeah, no longer over under at forty five. I like the under a little tiny bit. bit of value there on the under. If I'm going to do one thing, it's going to be the under in Andy Dalton on prime time against Mason Rudolph. Well, I know we I specifically went zero and four on props last week, which somebody reminded me of on Twitter. You hate you hate it. You hate to see it. Um, we don't say that enough. It might be. A, it might be a. Uh, it might be a prop night. Oh, just just hammer. The- well, tune in. PFF underscore Eric. It's uh, past one a.m. Eastern time. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you guys on Thursday. Enjoy Monday night. Have a good one. Peace out.